Well, would you stand with me this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we're looking in the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter number 22, Proverbs 22, and we're going to read verse number 6 this morning, Proverbs 22 and verse number 6 says, to train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Father, I thank you one more time for your infallible, your life-altering, life-changing word. Once again, Holy Spirit, I pray that you will enable and empower me today, anoint me today to minister effectively the word of God. God, I pray you'll open our ears to hear the word this morning, but not only be hearers of your word, but then may we put into practice what we uh, hear today. All of these things we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. And you may be reseated this morning. Well, on Mother's Day, I began a two-part series called The Top Ten Parenting Mistakes. Now, if you are not here for that uh, first part, I encourage you to go online to our website and listen. On Mother's Day, I covered the first five, and today on Father's Day, I'm going to cover the other five. Now, I want you to understand that these are in no particular order. I also know that some of you are thinking, I, I don't have any kids, so, so this isn't relevant to me. Wrong. How many of you are glad that before people are given a driver's license, before they are allowed to get behind the wheel of a car and drive, they first are required to be trained? How many of you think that it might be a good idea to be trained in parenting before the baby arrives? So if you don't have any kids, that's, that's wonderful. It's wonderful. That just, that just means you haven't messed any kids up yet. So listen up and take notes and save these notes because the time will come when, we, when you will need these notes. Let me read our scripture for the day one more time, this time from the New Living Translation. It says, to direct your children onto the right path, and when they are older, they will not leave it. Parenting is like directing traffic. You have to blow your whistle and point in the right direction consistently. Here's what I believe about parenting, and that is correct parenting is hands-on training. It's intentional instruction. It's even more about modeling than teaching. The people that I have mentored have, have said to me that they learn most from me by watching me. Here's what I know, and that is no one has more influence over children than their parents, and especially their father. Somebody said, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. And I say, neither does the nut. (laughs) All right, let's get started on the last five of the top ten parenting mistakes. The first one for today is this, and that is repeating their parents' mistakes repeating their parents' mistakes. The Bible talks about generational curses. We don't hear much about that in church. We don't talk a lot about that 
in church, and there's different opinions on this, and I have mine that may be different than some. But you might say, Pastor, what is a generational curse? Well, to oversimplify and to give an incomplete and yet still an accurate answer, I would say this. I would say it's a tendency. Say tendency. It's a tendency. It's to be bent in a certain direction. Every family has different tendencies or seem to be bent in a certain direction. For me, my family seems to be bent towards ministry and good looks. (laughs) Every family has different tendencies or seem to be bent in a certain direction. Direction. Now understand, this doesn't mean that you, are pre- that you are predestined to go in that direction. And this doesn't mean that you have no choice in the matter. It simply means that you are already leaning in that direction. And because you are leaning in that direction, it is the easy direction to follow. And it will take extra effort for you to not go in that direction because you were born into a family that made you bend or lean in a certain direction. This is one of the reasons why some children grow up and repeat the mistakes of their parents because when they're born, they're already leaning in that direction. How many still on board with me this morning? As a parent or future parent, ask yourself two questions. First question you need to ask yourself is this, and that is, what did I need from my parents that I didn't get? What was it that I needed as a child? What was it that I needed from my parents that my parents did not provide for me? Remember back to your childhood. What was it that you desperately needed from your mom or you desperately needed from your dad, yet they never gave you? What was it that you saw in your best friend's home that wasn't in your home? And every time that you would go into your best friend's home, you would see what was going on in their home. What was it that was in your best friend's home that wasn't in your home and you wished so desperately that what was in your friend's home could also be in your home? And then ask yourself this, what am I neglecting to provide my kids? What am I neglecting to provide my kids? What is it that I know my kids desperately need, but I have not been willing or able, or I have not, for whatever reason, I have not been providing? And I'm not talking about stuff. A little 10-year-old boy who felt neglected by his father came out to the garage where his father was working. The little boy had a baseball bat in one hand and he had a ball in the other hand. And and the little boy tossed the ball at his dad and he said to his dad, he said, Here, play me or trade me. One of the top 10 parenting mistakes is repeating the mistakes of our parents. I had a whole lot more fun with my kids than my parents had with their kids. And guess what? My kids are having even more fun with their kids than we had with them. 
My wife and I look at our kids, we look at our son, and we look at our daughter, and we look at their families, and we look at the things that they do, and we look at the involvement that our kids have with their kids, and we are amazed. We are amazed, and we're always talking about how awesome that our son is a, and, and is a father and how awesome that our daughter is a mama and a wife and Chad a husband as well. My kids are even having more fun with their kids than we had with them. See, each generation is, is learning from the past generation and building on the foundation that their parents laid. At least they should be. Notice the next parenting mistake, and that is rescuing their kids from the consequences of their actions. Proverbs 19 and 19 says, if you rescue someone from the consequences of their actions, you will have to repeat the process in the future. See, you are doing your, you are doing your child no favor by sparing them the consequences of their actions. See, see, you are not helping them, you are enabling them. Here's what we need to understand. Consequences serve a purpose. The consequences of our actions serve as a great teacher. You know, you know, some parents today say, sit still in church and be quiet and I'll give you a little red sucker. Well, when I was growing up, my parents said to me, sit still in church and be quiet or I'm going to give you a little red rear. The consequences of our actions serve as a great teacher and as a good motivator. When my son was in college, I told him, I said, son, I said, I don't finance failure. I don't finance failure. I said, if you finish a class, I said, I will pay for it. I said, if you drop a class because you messed around too much, you will pay for it. I don't think he ever dropped a class. Sometimes parents have to practice tough love. I guess it's pick on Chad Day. He's not here to defend himself. When he was 16 and had his first car, it was a little, a little Mustang. And one day he, come, he came to where I was working and, and he asked me if he could do something and I told him, no, you can't do that. Well, needless to say, that didn't make him very happy. And he left. About five minutes later, he came back to me and he said, Dad, Dad, he said, my, my transmission is stuck in between gears. His Mustang had a four-speed manual transmission on the floor. I said, son, I said, when I told you no, you left here mad. And I said, you got in your car and you peeled out of here and you jammed the gears, didn't you? He hung his head and said, Yes, sir. I said, well, you're going to pay the bill at the, at the mechanics. Aren't you glad I wasn't your dad? But I'm pretty sure Chad learned a very valuable lesson from this experience that he would not have learned had I spared him the consequences of his actions. Proverbs, Proverbs 15 and 5 says, A fool despises his father's discipline, but he who learns from it is wise. Sometimes parents have to practice tough love. Rescuing your kids from the consequences of their actions is a mistake. If you do it, you're going to have to repeat the process. 
You, you, might, you might say, Pastor, do you have any stories like this on Krista? No, she was daddy's little angel. Let's take a look at another of the top ten parenting mistakes, and that is reminding their kids of all their past failures. Reminding their kids of all their past failures. Forgiveness should be accompanied by amnesia. Hebrews 8 and 12 says, God says, I will forgive their wickedness, and I will never remember their sins any longer. I say to you this morning, if God does this for us, shouldn't we do this for the, for the ones that we love and especially for our own children? Forgiveness should be accompanied by amnesia. We should forgive and then we should forget. We should not rehearse our children's past mistakes when they are making their present ones. And I told you so is not very nurturing either. Let me say this also, and that is forgiveness should include absolution. Romans 3 and 24 says, God with undeserved kindness. Don't you love that? Nobody loves it? Let me say it again. God with undeserved kindness. Don't you love that? God with undeserved Kindness declares that we are righteous. Why does God declare we are righteous? Because without the declaration of God, we could not be righteous. Without Jesus and what he did on the cross for us, we could not be righteous. God, with undeserved kindness, declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty for our Write this down this morning. That is partial forgiveness is unforgiveness. Partial forgiveness is unforgiveness. People say they forgive someone, and yet they are quick to remind that person of what they did and how they hurt them. True forgiveness includes absolution. You cannot, it is impossible, you cannot partially forgive. It's all or none. Aren't you thankful this morning that God never reminds us of our past failures that we have repented of? Listen, hear me this morning. Somebody needs to hear this today, and that is guilt that comes to us from our past sins that we have repented of comes from Satan and not from God. Because God's forgiveness includes absolution. The Bible says we are justified. Say justified. The Bible says we are justified by faith. Justification in its most simplistic definition means just as if I never sinned. Well, I say this morning that if God does this for us, shouldn't we do this for the ones we love and especially for our kids? You might say, Pastor, has your kids ever hurt your feelings or disappointed you in some way? I'm sure they have but I distinctly remember forgetting about those times. Forgiveness is a choice, and so is forgetting. All right, let's look at yet another parenting mistake, and that is rewarding unfairly. Rewarding unfairly. 
reward according to the child's individual ability. In Matthew 25, Jesus tells the story, or he tells the parable of the talents. Now, we understand that a talent was a currency like our, do our dollars. And in this story, the Bible says that, that a man gave three different men uh, three different amounts of money. This man had three different men working for him. He brought these three different men into to where he was, and he was going to go on a trip. And, and, and he gave each of these three different men three different amounts of money. Now, when you read this, you might think, that's not fair. That's not fair. They should have all been given the same amount, but you would be wrong. And, and the thing about it is that you would have, would have missed a key verse, and I missed it for many, many years. And the key verse is found in, in Matthew 25 and verse 15. The Bible says, Jesus said he gave to each of them according to their ability. According to what? He gave to each of them individually. These were individuals. And so he gave to each of them individually according to their individual ability. See, when it comes to people, one size doesn't fit all. And hear me this morning, people who treat all of their children alike are not wise. And people do that. People do that. Their kids grow up and they, you know, one goes this direction, another goes another direction, and one turns out good and one turns out not so good. And they scratch their head and they say, I don't know why they turned out like they did. I treated all my kids alike, thinking that they did the right thing, but they did not do the right thing when they treated all of their kids alike because none of their children are alike. People who treat all of their children alike are not wise. Let me ask you this morning, why would you treat three separate kids who are different in every way? Why would you treat them all alike? Why would you parent them all the same? And why would, you re and why would your reward system be the same if the abilities are not the same? My staff are not allowed to discuss their salaries or bonuses or any monetary gifts they receive. They're not allowed to discuss them or disclose them to one another. And to do so is subject to reprimand or even dismissal. You say, Pastor, why? Why, why, why do you do this? Because they're not all alike. Some are rookies and some are veterans. Some are young and some are older. They're all at a different stage and a different season in their life. They are unique. They are not the same. They all have different positions. They all have different levels of responsibility. Some have families to support and on and on and on and on and on it goes. You cannot, you can't compare them because you cannot compare apples to oranges or pears to bananas. I think I just said my staff is a little fruity. The same is true with your children. They all have different strengths. They all have different weaknesses. They have different gifts, they have different talents, they have different abilities. So using the same reward system for different kids doesn't make sense. Reward according to the child's individual ability. And then never compare the accomplishments 
Never compare the accomplishments of your children with yourself or their siblings. Never say, why can't you be more like your brother? Why cannot you be more like your sister? Because I'm not them. Because I am nothing like them. Because I am me. My wife and I always knew what Krista was going to do. We knew what her decision was. Whatever Chad's decision was, hers was opposite. (laughs) On purpose. Whether she wanted that or not. (laughs) 2 Corinthians 10 and 12 says, It is not wise to compare yourself with others. Why is this? Why is it not wise to compare yourself with others? Why is it not wise to compare one child with another? Why is it? Because you are making unfair comparisons because you are not them. That's why when we tell somebody, I know how you feel, we're lying. We don't know how they feel. Oh, we may have had something similar happen to us. We may have something in common. We don't know how they feel because we're not built like they are built. We're not made up like they are made up. We don't know how they feel. We just simply should say, I'm so sorry. I love you. I'm here for you. Let me pray with you. Amen? See, see, the only person we should be compared with or we should compare ourselves with is ourselves. Who we are. The gifts, talents, and abilities that we possess. And write this down this morning. When it comes to rewards, reward effort, not results. That's worth writing down. When it comes to rewards, reward effort, not results. Because, see, some of your kids, they can make an A without studying. And some of your kids will make a C studying their brains out. And we're going to reward them in the same way. When it comes to rewards, reward effort, not results. Now let's look at the last of my top ten parenting mistakes, and that is resigning from the job of parent. See, parenting can be frustrating. You know, Sean and Krista have these two little foster boys, and they bring them to church. They're the cutest boys you've ever seen. I mean, they are beautiful boys, aren't they? And you see those little boys, man, they're dressed to a tee, and they're all clean and shiny and on their best behavior. And, and you, you, you pass them around, and you jerk them out of somebody else's hand so you can have them for a while because, oh, they're so, que- they're so sweet, and they're so cute, and they're so cuddly, and they're so, 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 and... And then they take them home. (laughs) And I promise you what you see in the lobby is not what they see at home. I'm not picking on the kids. I'm just telling you, parenting can be frustrating. It can be one of the hardest jobs on the planet. And you could be tempted to throw up your hands and quit. Throw in the towel. Stay down for the count. Don't do it. Don't do it no matter what your kids do, no matter how far they stray from the teachings that you've given them, no matter what. Oh, there's going on in their life. Don't quit. You cannot resign from the job of parenting. Never. 
See, there's no expiration date on your children. You never get to stop being mom or dad to your kids. Because you see, when they hurt, you hurt. When their heart gets broken, so does yours. When they struggle, you struggle with them. There's no expiration date on your children. That being said, the expectations of parenting change over time. See, see, I was willing to change my kids' diapers when they were little. When they got a little older, not so much. I was willing to provide food, clothing, shelter for them when they were when, when they were growing up. Now, not so much. See, the expectations of parenting change over time. Some of you don't seem to know that. Some of you kids don't know it, and some of you parents don't know that. Here's what I've observed, and that is when kids grow up and leave the nest and the parents become empty nesters, some parents cry, and others change the locks. (laughs) But you can never resign from parenting, but the expectations of parenting change over time. When my kids were small, I told them what to do. You will do it. You will do it now. When they got a little older, I suggested to them what they should consider doing. Today, I give them advice and counsel only when I'm asked. And even when I'm asked, I Say to them, I can't make this decision for you. And I know they don't want me to, but I I say, I cannot make this decision for you. You have to live with the results of your decision, whether it's good or bad. So I don't want, nor should I have this responsibility. But I want to say something else that I always say to them, and this is what I say to them, and that is, I say, you will have my support whatever decision you make. Now, do I know what I think they ought to do? Of course. Do I know what I want them to do? Absolutely, absolutely. But at the end of the day, I say, listen, you've asked for my input, and so here is my input. You can take it along with what you think and what the other people that you have asked for their input. But at the end of the day, it's your life. At the end of the day, you're going to have to live with the consequences and the results of your decision. So make your decision prayerfully. Take plenty of time in making your decision. But whatever your decision is, you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that your mama and your daddy, even if you make a decision that we don't want you to make and it's not one that is going to you know be the best for us or what we would want you know that at the end of the day your mom and your dad's going to be there for you your mom and your dad's going to give you that we're going to give you our 100% support on your decision see I'm still their daddy but my role has changed and will continue to change over time Our takeaway for the day is we should see our kids as a blessing and not a burden. It breaks my heart to see how some people are with their children. They treat their children like a burden, and the Bible says they should be a blessing. 
We should see our kids as a blessing and not a burden. The reality of this will mostly be determined on how we trained our kids. Because how we train our kids has much to do with how they turn out. I get some help on the platform this morning. And don't forget this, please. Don't be distracted. You need to hear this. Don't forget this. Kids tend to do what they see their parents do more than what they hear their parents say. And I feel compelled of the Holy Spirit today to finish with this. It's never too late to improve our parenting skills. Never too late to improve our parenting skills. And it's never too late to ask our kids for forgiveness for the areas where we failed them or disappointed them as their parent. See, Pastor, you've apologized to your kids? Yes, many times. Many times. I've said to my son, I've said to my daughter, I'm sorry. You know, Dad kind of blew that out of proportion. You know, Dad kind of, Dad kind of, you know, answered too quickly there. You know, Dad, you know, I'm sorry. I didn't handle that right. Never too late. I'll never forget the day. It was on a Christmas. Mom and Dad's house in Winniewood, Oklahoma, where they were pastoring. It was Christmas time. The whole family was gathered there. I'll never forget. We always read the Christmas story and prayed before we passed out the gifts. Now, I'll never forget before, after we had read the Christmas story and after we had prayed, my father stood up in front of his entire family and my whole family was there. I'll never forget my father saying to all of us there, I know I didn't do everything I should have done as your father. I wasn't raised with a loving father, my father kicked me and cussed me. I was not nurtured. I was not affirmed. I really didn't know, and I was a young father. I really didn't know what I was doing. And I, I made a lot of mistakes with every one of you kids. And I want to say to you kids, I'm sorry. For the mistakes that I made, I hurt you. If I wounded you, if I disappointed you, if I didn't affirm you, if I didn't tell you, I love you. I'm telling you now, I love every one of you. Proud of every one of you. And I'm sorry I wasn't the father that I should have been. Can I tell you that my little five foot eight daddy that day looked six foot six in my eyes. And some hurts that I had held on to my in my life as a son that was not affirmed by his father, never heard his father say, I love you one time. When I confronted him on that years later, he said, you're right, son. He said, my dad kicked me and cussed me. I didn't kick you or cuss you. I made some improvements, but not nearly as many as I should. Hopefully you'll make some more with your kids. And maybe your kids will make some with their kids. 
Fathers, we honor you today. Even though you may not have made all the right choices and didn't do everything right, it's not too late. It's not too late to tell your kids you love them and and you're proud of them. It's not too late. You say, well, my kid's 55 years old. Let me tell you something. You never, ever, ever get too old to need the affirmation of your father. It's not too late. And to some of you kids today, they're holding on to some things, some anger, some, you know, my dad this, my dad that, my dad something else. Well, probably right. Forgive him. You're not hurting him, you're hurting yourself. Somebody here today, there's something you've been holding on to. You've just been holding on to, holding on to, holding on to. Just need to drop it. And if he ever come to me and tell me, no. no. Don't wait for that. Don't let that acid poison you any further. Just drop it. Let it go. Amen. Can we stand this morning? Father, I thank you today for this day. I don't know whose idea it was. I don't know when. I didn't do any research on it. But I thank you that there is a day called Father's Day. Before I honor our fathers here today, I want to honor the greatest father of all. The original father our Heavenly Father. So God, we honor you today on Father's Day. We honor you and we thank you that you are, you're the Father we always wanted, we always dreamed and we always hoped for. You're Him. You're Him. You're everything our Father, our earthly Father wasn't. You're everything we wanted our earthly Father to be. Oh, God, you're the ultimate Father and we honor you, Heavenly Father. Then, God, I want to honor my father today. Left this life in January. Whose handkerchief I hold in my hand today. Dad, I haven't preached one time without one of your hankies. Because you've been gone, so you've been with me right here every time I've preached. God, I don't know how this works. I don't know if he can see me. I don't know how all that works. But, God, if not, can you just kind of... Tell my father happy Father's Day for me. Tell him I love him. I honor him today. And I honor each one of our fathers that are here today. It's not an easy task. It's not an easy job. We get very little recognition. It's not celebrated like Mother's Day. We're not bitter. Very much. 
We honor our fathers today. We pray your blessing upon every father that is here today. Give them the strength that they need, the courage that they need. God, I pray that you will help them to be the father that you have ordained for them to be. And we bless them in the name of Jesus. Give it up for all of our fathers here today.